and welcome all to our weekly podcast, Terry Curran's Curran View, with the Isle of Hills brother, Mr Terry Curran. Steady away, some what kind of week you had? Well, I went to watch football, Sheffield Wednesday, which got three points from you, you Birmingham, but I thought we were a bit lucky. Yep. And I mentioned that last week, Then we got another great result last Saturday against um, uh, Millwall. Yes, they're struggling. And I'm, going on, and I'm going on Saturday to watch against Bristol City, so... Uh, it's been a very uh, satisfying week. Arguably the toughest game that you've faced recently. And by Bristol the way, City. I told you you would beat uh, was it Blackburn. Who did you beat the other day? At all? We certainly Sunderland. beat Blackburn uh, and then we beat Sunderland. We had a good back-to-back uh, home win. And uh, yeah, best wishes to Tony Mowbray. We don't know what's oh, happened. Yeah, well. But he's had to uh, take a back seat at the moment while there's uh, one or two situations that he's sorting out regarding his health. So... All the best to, to Tony Mowbray. And what we're What's talking... Going off, and to Roy Hodgson as well. Absolutely. Uh, we did say that on the podcast last week that we did feel that he would step down because there has been a load of... Uh, well, it's not a secret. It's football's worst-kept secret that he's going to be sacked. As he stepped down, you know, the, the, they'll make it out that he stepped down. I wouldn't well, think. absolutely. I mean, they would just come to some kind of mutual agreement and Roy will agree to step down, but I bet he's absolutely seething inside the way he's been treated. Uh, Michael Beale has also been sacked. The Millwall manager has been sacked. There's been quite a few sackings this week. It doesn't get any better to be a football manager. Well, I just want to remind you and John telling me this Michael Beale was going to be a top No, 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 no. I have never said that about Michael Beale. I don't <laughs> like him. I've never liked Michael Beale. There's something about him <laughs> I just do not like. But apparently... I don't believe that Wolves wanted him. No, I couldn't either. After, after what? They dodged the bullet there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dodged the bullet, didn't they? Wolves have got a great young manager in Gary O'Neill. I do like Gary O'Neill. Yes, fantastic. But while we're talking about Bill, apparently he had a Twitter account, didn't he? So he was like backing himself up on this other Twitter account and they traced the IP address and it, it, they traced it back to Michael Beale. So <laughs> I think he was the only one that was talking himself up. And it's now been deleted and he's looking for a new job. I think he's going to be lucky getting a new gig because he failed at Rangers. He's failed at um, uh, Sunderland. Sunderland. Uh, What I will say about Sunderland, I mean, he has not been given time. No, he hasn't. I agree. I totally agree. But managers don't these days, T. You get a few months, you get a run of 14, 15 games, and that's it. The only good thing about it, and I do not like saying this, because at the end of the day, um, it makes the fans angry. Yeah, you know, yeah. what, what, what's going on you know, in football. Mm. He does get a, a decent payout, because it all depends what contract he's got. Whether whether uh, he's got to get paid weekly or monthly. Yeah. Uh, because nowadays, what they do especially not the bigger clubs. When I say not the bigger clubs, I'm talking about the Giants in the Premier League, what mm. can pay someone up uh, within a goal. But even Jose Mourinho, his last move at Chelsea, when he got sacked, yep. uh, couldn't take a job for 12 months. So, mm. you know, if you sack somebody, he should be able to go and work somewhere else. You've, you've, you've uh, employed him, you've sacked him, pay him up, and let, 
you know, you're stopping somebody uh, giving another job. I couldn't agree with you anymore, T, because I know that the fans don't like to hear it, but if you've gone in, who's your choice? I mean, Cluffy always used to say didn't, this, didn't they? <laughs> they want to be looking at the people that's employed the failed managers, not the failed manager. Uh, yep. And if you're going to be given someone who's your choice, a three-year contract or more, and you then sack them after 17 games, then I, th- I think they're within their right to... Um, have the, compensation for the loss of earnings. The only time I have seen where the fans had a choice with helping select the manager, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, mm. they do go. They do go and support that team or that club. Yeah, week in and week out. But it weren't a it weren't a club team. It was Teddy Venables. Yeah, they put it. They put it out to the fans. And Venables got the got the job and the finish up. They finish up, finish up sacking him. Yeah, and and, and and come very close to winning, you know, a European Championship. Yeah, I I I was always of the opinion that um, you know fan input is vital, and um, you know, yeah, of course, listen to your fans. I used to like the idea of having a fan on the board and 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 all the rest of it. Your uh, your trust that you have with the fans' engagement and that. But from what I've seen, I'm not too enamoured about it now. I think you employ people to run your football club. The fans are there to support that football club. For, of course, voice your opinions, but you're employing people to make these decisions and I think that they should be making them. But you do need people there, run your football club, that actually understand and know it. She, no, look, coffee, she looks after you, that young girl. Oh, she looks after me, Gabby, you're right. Hey, no no um, trifle or anything, or cream cakes or donuts this week, too. She's nipping up to the shop to get me a trifle. She asked me if I want to. Fantastic. I might shout down and see if Sam will do that for me. I know what the answer will be. <laughs> Magic Moments, too. What have you uh, sourced for us this week? Well, I've mate? gone for something uh, different this week. And again, as we say every week, there's that many unbelievable goals. It's yeah. untrue, and I've seen some great goals this week. But I've gone for Holland, uh, the the guy at Man United. Uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instinctive reaction. Ireland, yeah, yeah, yeah. His mm. instinctive reaction, you know, uh, not only to turn his chest but to direct it into the goal. Yeah, you know, um, it's something different. You know, is it the best goal I've seen? No, but it was a brilliant, instinctive uh, decision. And, it, you know, it scored. And to be honest, United are looking something like again, aren't they? No, I'm still not saying they're brilliant, but they're mm. starting to look alike. I mean, something like. When they went 2 0 up, I thought, blimey, this could be five or six. I mean, as it turned out, it wasn't. Hoyland does look as though he's, he's turning that four. Corner that form that he's had because he's always played well. I mean, he's always like done his best and you look at him, you think he does look a player, but he's now finding the back of the net and that's going to give him confidence. So Gabby, it's only good for Man United. Listen, the thing about football. Yeah. You know, the thing about Man United. Yep. And this is praising Man United. This is, this is what people should look at. Mm-hmm. 
Sutherland was absolutely an unbelievable player and did okay as a manager. Never did not spectacular, but he did okay yeah. in management. Mm -hmm. He criticizes Drogba, and rightly so, because he's entitled to his opinion. Mm -hmm. But what baffles me with it all is Do we this. mean Pogba? Pogba, what did I say then? Drogba. Did I? Yeah, Pogba. Pogba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pogba. Mm. Uh, in Juventus team, he looks a superstar. Yep. In the national team, he looks a superstar. Yep. When Man United were winning everything, they all look superstars. Mm. Right? One player can't make, uh, cannot make a team win titles and championships. Yep. Uh, European Cups, FA Cups. Mm -hmm. What he can do is make a difference to a, to a football team. And sometimes certain players get criticised uh, when the team is not playing well. And Man United is not playing well. Yeah. Chelsea are hit and miss, yet they've spent millions of pounds. Mm. Right? So, for me, when they look at these type of players and they're criticising them, one, let's give them a chance, you know, because it's easy to play in a good team. I keep telling people yes. that. Mm. Secondly, when it's a foreign player, well, I, what I will give them that benefit of doubt is, because we are the worst travellers in the world. Yeah. They come over here and vast majority of them succeed. There is the, the, there is the odd few, maybe 10%, 15%, what's subtle. But in different food, different climate, different this and different that. Mm. You know, let's give them a chance with the, when these players come over, right? And, and, and to say, uh, you know, Man United, so they should go and win everything. Nobody's got a divine right to win everything. Yeah. You know, and, and Luke tonight, I've had some great results. Get beat by Sheffield United. Then they get beat by Man United. They're winning one nil tonight at Liverpool. It's incredible. Football it, it, is such it's, a it's, game. Football is crazy. Isn't it? it is, yeah. And that's why we love it so much. But again, going back to Hoyland, he has it at the back of the net. He is up and running now. And United do look a different beast. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't get fourth spot this season. I'm not saying that they're going to, but what I'm saying is a chance, they've now. got a wonderful chance. And you know yourself, T, that when you're in the dressing room and you're playing against Man United at Old Trafford, there are some players that fear that and their name precedes them. They're not the Man United of old, but if you're playing against a Man United or a well, other team... There's 75,000 people there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if they get an early goal... Yep. You know, it can put fame into other other teams and the opposition. Yeah, so I wouldn't right? be at I mean, all surprised if they didn't finish fourth. When you look at Ireland now, yeah, it looks a completely different player. It looks as though he's got pace, he's got strength, mm. and like we both just said, he's scoring goals. Yeah. it's it's amazing, isn't it? It is. Again, I mean, quickly confidence. can turn confidence to yeah, momentum, and United have got that. So uh, watch this space and let's see. I hope, Jan, I hope Jenna's got confidence to make me a coffee. <laughs> hope she's got a few quid to get down that shop and get you some buns as well. <laughs> uh, my magic moments, uh, Paris Magoma, his goal for Bolton Brilliant. again uh, was superb, wasn't it? It had a touch of the Tony Currys, didn't it? You know, 75. We have seen that United. many great goals this week again, you know. It's I know. I just look and I, I keep posting these up. You can't pick them all, but I did look at that and I thought, that is magnificent. I also loved um, Darwin Nunes, his oh. goal against oh. Brentford. Listen, by the way, that's one of the most 
difficult finishes. Yep. Did you hear Michael Ever. Owen? Did you I'm hear... watching it. I'm yeah. watching it, and I'm saying, "Go round him," because I would have gone round him. That's what Michael would have done to as well. Do what he did. Yeah. Was unbelievable, unbelievable, because it's tight. He's got to get it up, over, mm. and down. Michael Owen was talking through what he would have done or what what Nunez's options were when he received that ball from Diogo Jota. So he talked us through and he was saying, many of these options, 6 out of 10 you're going to score, maybe a 7 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10. What he did is maybe at best 2 out of 10. It was unbelievable. He said, I wouldn't have done that, but do you it know was why Owen brilliant would have done that? Because he's a great goal scorer. Pace. Yeah. Pace. Mm. Like all like all players like him, what's got pace, mm. he would have gone round the goalkeeper. And he also said he may have... Eight, nine. Yeah. Times out of ten, he would have done that. Because mm. Darwin knew when it hasn't got all that blistering pace. Yeah. You know, mm. I couldn't believe he'd done it. I, I'm thinking... <laughs> And then when he done it, I'm thinking, what a goal. You know, how have you done that? Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, and, and as I say, Michael said, I'd have probably drawn the goalkeeper in a little bit, given the eyes, sat it him down doing that, and know. then chipped off. It takes a bottle to do it and all. But absolutely. I mean, su- superb. So, well done to Darwin Nunes. And uh, Gabriel Sara's free kick goal for Norwich City <laughs> against Cardiff. Oh <laughs> what, a, what a goal. Fantastic. I mean, I don't usually have free kicks because, you know, although they're brilliant, I, I do like to have that bit of skill. absolutely sublime goals over the uh, yeah. games this Past week. Absolutely. Whether we, it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do keep posting them up on the current view, on the group, those magic moments, hashtag magic moments. And there are so many. Football gives us so many brilliant magic moments and we love sharing them on the group and talking about them at the uh, at the top of the show. Um, book Corner, TC. Our book of the month Brian Moore saved our Sundays, the golden age of televised football by Matt Eastley. It comes out on the 20th of May, so just at the end of the football season, 14.99 by Pitch Publishing. And the latest edition of Backpass magazine has arrived today, issue number 88. And Matt's got a brilliant piece about Alva Church, he's talking to Jim Rosenthal, and Jim's talking him through the game between Alva Church and Oxford City on, in 1971, and it's a, a fabulous piece, and we will be cutting a podcast with Matt, because when we have our book of the month, we do go back and we talk to the author, to the writer, about the book, just as we did in January when I uh, cut a, a podcast with Gary Thacker with his fantastic book, Oh Jogo Benito. But uh, Alva Church versus Oxford City, I mean, what a game. The FA Cup used to have fantastic uh, replays and, and double replays, treble replays. And in this game, the, the first one was Saturday, November the 6th, Alv Church 2, Oxford City 2. And it finished on Monday, November the 22nd at Villa Park. Alv Church 1, 
Oxford City nil. So they went on the first game. Then they played on the Tuesday night, November the 9th, which was the replay. Then they had another replay, which was at St Andrews on Monday the 15th. Then on Wednesday the 17th, they had another replay. And then on Saturday, November the 20th, they had another replay. I mean... That's what the FA Cup was all about back then, wasn't it? Sadly, not now. Yeah, and I, I, when you just said that, I, some of were posted up on 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 Facebook, and I saw where Rotherham played um, um, Prickley Athletic in the FA Cup. Right. Uh, my old captain will play for Rotherham, Mick Pickering. Uh, and Paul Shirley, who's passed away now, God rest his soul. Uh, he was uh, a young lad, which is Pete Shirtless' brother. Both played for Sheffield Wednesday. Both, I think both went on to play for Barnes. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. But you're right. The FA Cup gives us all great memories. It just doesn't have the, you know, the bite it used to have or the sparkle. What we, what, what we, when we were kids, got out of it. Absolutely. And also as well, there's a fantastic piece about um, about Newcastle United, their wonderful uh, encounter with Nottingham Forest. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, written here by Alan Paul, uh, Looney Tune. Remember the crowd trouble at Newcastle. There are people on the pitch, they think it's all over. I mean, literally, they, they were. Weren't Forrest 2-0 up or something, and then yeah, something happened, didn't it? But Forrest were 2-0 up, and then Newcastle got a goal back. Then Forrest were Some on crowd the... invasion, weren't they? Well, what happened? I mean, I've done... I cut a podcast with Pat Howard, who pretty much caused the riot that day. And um, Duncan McKenzie, as Pat said... Duncan McKenzie run into one of our defenders and the referee gave a penalty. So Pat said, that's never a penalty, ref. And he said, well, I'm giving it. He says, ref, it's never a penalty. And he says, if you don't shut up, I'll send you off. And Pat said, you send me off and you'll have a riot on your hands. And he said, that's enough. So he gave him the red card and he sent him off. Well, sure, Pat was absolutely right. There was a riot. The Newcastle fans come on. The players went off. And then when they come back, 10 men Newcastle scored three times and beat Forrest 4-3. Forrest wasn't happy. They went to to the FA um, and appealed the result. They got it overturned and then they played... Two games at Goodison Park, where really it should have gone to the city ground. But Newcastle knocked them out with a Malcolm McDonald winner in the uh, the second replayed game. But there's a wonderful piece here, Looney Tune, by Alan Paul. And um, there's a great picture here. <laughs> I mean, it is, honestly. It, it's got it. There's a great picture. It's got, I put it to write uh, Nottingham Forest striker Neil Martin and Newcastle United's Frank Clark watching amazement as a crowd invades the pitch. And I tell you what, there are thousands on there. And that is an iconic picture. It's a great picture. And of course, Frank then went to play for uh, for Nottingham Forest under uh, under Brian Clough. But uh, we have done a podcast, so it's on there. Access your podcasts on all your usual outlets and uh, in the latest issue of Backpass, there's a wonderful piece by uh, Alan Paul. 
so that is Matt Eastley's book. Um, Brian Moore, again, a great commentator, wasn't he? And that 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 really is going to be an enjoyable read because you know our Sundays were with in our area Star Soccer in the Gren- uh, Granada area or the Yorkshire area, the big yeah. match in London. Big. And, and and they they I just think that they were special uh, match highlight games. It was really the ITV equivalent to match of the day, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was. We had Martin Taylor up our end. Oh, okay. The of, television, yeah. Of course, Martin went on to have a great career at, at Sky TV. You know, didn't BBC they? match of the day, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Yep, I'll be catching up with Matt, and he has done a wonderful piece in the latest issue of Backpass magazine. Too Good to Be Forgotten, Three Wise Men from Football's Golden Era by uh, by Ben Dobson. Uh, also promises to be a great read out by Pitch Publishing. And thirdly, in the trio, winner stays on England with the FA Cup uh, for a compass by R.M. Clark. So, three books there in our book corner. Uh, one touching on the FA Cup and uh, two good to be forgotten about three great English managers of the golden age. More about that in March because Too Good to Be Forgotten, TC, is going to be our book of the month for March. So we'll get our teeth more into that next month. Uh, Favourite kits, T? I mean, we talked when um, I interviewed the great Don Rogers about Malcolm Allison going in at Crystal Palace. He changed everything, the nickname, he changed the kits. They had that iconic kit, Luton Town, with David Moss, they had that wonderful, iconic kit as well. And Kitch, many happy returns. Kitch, Kitch was um, another another year younger uh, last week. And Kitch had that wonderful, iconic kit with Luton Town as well. There's some great kits of the past. What's your favourite, T? My favourite strip is, is the Sheffield Wednesday Stripe. Yeah. The book to shirt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Booked that was the one that you played in, wasn't it? Well, I did like we we, we only played in it a couple of times. Okay. I did like we had an all white strip. I did like that. Did you play in that one against Wimbledon? That's the one yes. that you've got. What go go back and remind at me at Wimbledon? That's at Wimbledon. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that the picture on your your Facebook page when you're looking at something. What is it again you, that you well, were looking, looking at? at something. What I've done. I'd sprained my th- uh, either finger or my thumb, one of them. Right, got you. And it had been strapped up, and you know, I would gain some pain from it. So that's what I was looking at. Oh, right. Trying to, you know, the you know the plaster what they put round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was twiddling that. That's what it was. Mind you, you was twiddling other things after we the Wimbledon game as well, wasn't before. it? Before. Oh, before the game. But we're not going to get into that. How many times did you wear that white kit? I think a couple of times. Okay, yeah. A couple of times, yeah. Was that Sheffield Wednesday? Was it a, a different away kit? Because we used to wear we used to wear a yellow with a blue collar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and blue shorts. Because they you know, like blue shorts. Going back to the sixties, so, was... I think we wore that. We wore that white strip to Oxford. I think I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I know we wore it at Wimbledon. Yeah, but going back to the sixties. Was that traditionally the that that kit that you? Yeah, they used to wear that white kit. Yeah, got yeah. So it was. I'm a... sure they wore that white kit at uh, 
Wembley against Yeah, I've got no, got no idea when Jim McCallyog scored that goal and jumped as high as me house that they did wear that white kit. Um, football clubs tend to have an old away kit, but these days the colours all change and sometimes there's no link to the away kit and colour that a football club wears these days, it seems well, like the fashion more... icons now, aren't Absolutely. I was going to say, it was more, more to do what goes with a pair of jeans than what their uh, traditional away kit is. They're, um, the League Cup final, TC, is on Sunday. Chelsea versus Liverpool. Liverpool. How do you see that going? Liverpool have got a few injuries. It wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea didn't win that game. Chelsea? When I watched him against Aston Villa, and that's the best I've seen him play. Mm. And then I watched him against Crystal Palace. Yes, they won. Yeah. But I thought they were just an average... Look, they looked an average team. Yes. But they're one of those teams, on the day, yeah. uh, as good as anyone. But mm. when they do play the top teams, they do they do get a bit of consistency into it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with the Chelsea win because of... Uh, I, th- I think Liverpool just might be ready for now hitting that little bit of a blip. Yeah. I don't know whether it was Klopp uh, announcing that he, you know, is is retiring at the end of the season, mm. and that's still baffling. That there's there's more to come out about that. I agree. Uh, you know, than uh, him saying that you know he wants the best and wants to do that. I'll guarantee you one thing: he'll be back into football within six months. He might be back into football a little bit early because Tuchel's well, leaving by Munich. So, I mean, who knows what's going on? It, it is a funny old game. and it's, Strange thing, though, he's buying an house. He's having an house built in Spain, isn't he? I don't know. I mean, there's going to be a job there at Barcelona, isn't there? Yeah, so, he, yeah well, he's, 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 he's retiring at the end of the season. Is, mm-hmm. uh, not Zabby, is it? Zabby, yeah. Yes, yeah Zabby. No, Zabby. Zabby's leaving, Zabby. you know. You the, see, would you think... Maybe not have bothered. Would you think he would take the Bayern job, even though it's the biggest club in Germany and one of the big clubs in Europe, when he's managed Dortmund and he's, you know, he got that um, mm. adulation, legend status. Mm. Uh, I know what you're saying. For what he for what he achieved at Dortmund, I'm not sure. But again, but Mike, I get where you're coming from with that. I mean, Michael Owen said in the podcast with Gary Neville, didn't he? He'd, uh, he'd walk to uh, Man City to uh, coach under Pep Guardiola. I, I think that if you're a football person and, you know, you, you'll go, well, you'll get a job you, you wherever. Don't, you don't have to copy him, but you, you learn from Absolutely, him. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, when people say, well, I wouldn't go and sign for that team, well, I, I'm not so certain. I know if you're a fan of a club That's and, a and I get that. That's the crap I've heard in my life. Absolutely, too. I know... I know plenty of people what signed for Man United but did not like Man United. And other clubs came in for them. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you'd be stupid not to, wouldn't you? So yeah. when I listen to players and fans and when I say, oh, well, I wouldn't play for them because I'm a big fan. I, I get that if you're a fan of a club, you've got an allegiance, etc., etc. It's a job. But Exactly. But if another club comes calling and it's your rivals, you're going to go. I don't care who you are. There you, is, you're there is go. the odd one. But I mean, Matt Letizia, when you look at it, yeah, he could have gone to a couple of big clubs and he stayed. Yes, and I get that. There was and a time he could have. I got, don't get that. Yeah. I don't get that. I stayed there because he was a big fish. I don't get that one little bit. No, not at because all. Because he produced, he produced unbelievable uh, 
individual performers for Southampton, oh, great who player. was just an ordinary team. Yeah, I mean, a, a great, great player. But he, he almost went to Tottenham and it fell through, didn't it? But, uh, I mean, what a player the great Matt Letizier uh, was. Um, Did you watch uh, Merson's interview about him? Uh, no, no, I haven't seen it. Most, I'll not, I'll not talk about it. Watch it, then we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, if we you get a chance, do. have a look at it. And is that on the Jeff Stelling podcast? Yes. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it looks like a good podcast with with Jeff. So we're uh, going back fifty years. League Cup winners, nineteen seventy four. Played on the second of March. It was Wolverhampton Wanderers two, Manchester City one. Kenny Ibbett and John Ibbitt, Richards yeah. and um, and Colin Bell. Scored for uh, for Manchester City, and while we're talking about Kenny, we've put him in the Legends Lounge this week. Kenny Ibbitt, born on the third of January nineteen fifty one in Bradford, went to Park Avenue sixty seven to uh, sixty eight, played fifteen games, went to Wolverhampton Wanderers in sixty eight. State of 1984, 466 league games, scoring 89 league goals. He went on loan to Seattle in uh, 82, and he had a great time in Seattle. I mean, a great time. Udi absolutely loved Ibi, and Ibi did with uh, with Allen as well. They, uh, they almost won everything that year. Played 14 times for Seattle, scoring four goals. Came back, went to Coventry City in 84 after uh, a little bit of time back at Wolverhampton Wanderers, but things weren't very very good at Wolves in, in the early 80s. So 84 to 86, Coventry City, 47 games, four goals, and finished his career at Bristol Rovers from 86 to 88, scoring five goals in 53 games. Went into football management, and we have done a podcast, Legends of the 70s podcast, with the great Kenny Ibbitt, and also forever a sounder when Kenny remembers 1982 in did Seattle. He, well, did Wolves win in 80 as well? Sorry? When Andy Gray, League Cup, did they, did they win in 80 as well? Uh, Wolves did, yeah. Yeah, they did, yeah. And to listen to the rest of this podcast, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Thank you.